0: Too loud, guys. Too loud, guys. Hello and welcome to another edition of Too Loud Guys. I'm stealing Tell em Steve Day's intro. Uh yeah. I'm Daniel Korn. And I'm Steve Dave. Tell 'em. <laughs> <laughs> I'm soldier Boy Tell 'em. Soldier Boy Tell Em. How you doing, buddy? Good. What's your name? Corey Gardner. Great!
1: You knew that already, bro. Yeah, but why are you some acting like you might didn't might know my name?
0: Know that. You're just being silly.
1: Yeah. There's but...
0: nobody else here. <laughs> it's just Osbert. What? <laughs> you know my name. All the invisible people, you know. Dude, I think you might be crazy. No. I don't bro. see any invisible. They're people. They're all invisible, and they're, they're in listen, your head. They're listening to us. They're always listening. Always ah! listening. Ah! Oh
1: my God! No. <laughs> that
0: was. Great. How you doing? Well. And yourself? Great. I'm doing pretty well. Some you interesting have... things have happened over the past past few days. Really interesting is... things have transpired. Such as what? Um well were you at you weren't at our gig at the horseshoe. No. Uh, new stems. But but Jordan told me all yes, about it. Yes, but we uh we have some 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 possible label interest. I don't wanna I don't wanna talk about it too much because yeah, you know you, you don't know what's gonna happen with it and whatever. But but, but it is exciting. Pretty exciting. The then we also got a guy from a studio emailed us also like at, had he had heard us through Facebook somehow and was mm. like hey if you guys want to do some
1: tracks nice man
0: let me know so yeah
1: interesting picking happen. up in the new stems. I guess so
0: apparently. Um,
1: you're harnessing your sound. You're you're doing yeah, something cool. People it. are starting to dig it.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it's about. Maybe. Uh, also, I just got back from some formalists recording. Cool. How was that? Oh, it's good. We got I got I got three drum tracks done. So I think we have two or three more songs, but it's it's not. We, so we're we're coming out with an EP. Sweet. But it's probably not gonna happen. In, like it's probably not gonna be done until maybe August.
1: Mm. But that's cool. We can talk about it here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When oh oh you can you can be. Very much assured that when New Stems and Formalists both finish whatever we're working on, those recordings will be played here. Yeah. As and discussed own. here. Yes. And, and no punches will be pulled from no, either never, of us. No, never. Never. We we'll critique
1: them the same way we critique everything else. I mean,
0: I'll. I, I, I will like them already because if I didn't, you know, I wouldn't put them out. I'll criticize them. You will them. have things to say on the <laughs> See, this is a problem because, you know, now we're unequal because because you don't have any bands that I can criticize. That's not true. The only band that you they have- They all exist in my head. Oh, okay, fine. I can criticize your ideas for the bands.
1: <laughs> that's right. Devil at Your Door.
0: Yeah. That's a shitty song name. That's an awesome song it's okay. I bet you it's been done.
1: I'm sure it's been done.
0: <laughs> Wait, I got a better one. Door Devil.
1: Nice. Hey man, if I write some good raps throughout this year, then I might record some stuff with my buddy Michael.
0: It's not actually really. Do either of you know how to like make beats? He has a friend who does,
1: and I think he does a bit too.
0: Oh man, that would make me so excited! It'd be
1: awesome, but I don't know if I'll if I'll reach the point where I'd be confident. Dude, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Hopefully, hopefully it will happen eventually.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what's what's been going on in your life?
1: Ah, same old. Same old. Same old. Being a
0: working man.
1: Being a working man. Except I have the next three days off, so that's pretty. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's
0: good. I was thinking about taking about not going to school tomorrow because I've like I had a test today. School's for fools, which makes me not want to go to school tomorrow. And suckers. But I, don't I, I, go. I probably should. At the end of the nope. day. Nope.
1: <laughs> Only if you want to be an idiot. I guess.
0: <laughs> Your school makes you dumb. Yeah, bro. school makes you
1: dumb. It's school
0: takes away the edge. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it takes away what you learned in the streets. Yeah. It dulls your senses. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true.
1: It's the tool of the devil.
0: Yeah. Let's door. talk about music. Yeah. Uh, so we have a new Corey Gardner track Devil at Your Door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> devil at Your Door. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, what what do you what did you listen to? I haven't I don't have that much for this week, so uh I got plenty. Great. Wow, you really
1: don't have much. Yeah,
0: I d I didn't find a news. Oh, it's a good thing I got a lot of stuff. Well yeah, I knew you were getting a lot of news, so I didn't really sweat it. I was like Yeah, this was a
1: this was a good news week for me actually. We
0: got we got some emails too. True, there you go. This is gonna be a pretty packed plenty. Packed episode, everybody. Plenty. Yeah. All right. Real smorgasbord. First
1: thing I'm going to talk about, just for the hell of it, I haven't listened to it enough to make many comments, Uh, but it's uh, the posthumous Joey Ramone album, mm -hmm. You Know, which is a great title, and unfortunately, so far, not a great album. Yep. Um, I believe it. Yeah, it's it's very, like, it's what you expect from posthumous albums a majority of the time, (sighs) which is basically, you know, stuff that just sounds kind of unfinished and... And blend and It's because a
0: lot of that a lot of that is what happens where it's like, you know, the one person is right is in the process of writing these songs, but they're in such scraps that like, you know, these other people have to come around and, and make the songs, basically. Yeah. And so
1: Yeah, it really ends up sounding a lot like uh kinda uh, reheated version of his first solo album, which already isn't an excellent album, but it's a very solid one. Mm-hmm.
0: I hadn't heard any of, uh, any Joey Ramone. There's, like, there's stuff.
1: things that really kind of, like, for me, almost taint his legacy, or, like, like, the first song, he's just kind of singing about how he believes in rock and roll and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's cool, mm-hmm. like, Joey Ramone always sang those types of themes, all right, but when you have such weak, kind of, like, standard, you know, mid-tempo rock music playing behind that, it's really lame and ineffective, uh... Maybe
0: gave you rock and roll. What? God, God gave rock and roll gave, to you. God gave rock and roll to you. To, to you. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess I shouldn't say much though, because maybe I'll listen to it more and find some 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 gems among the turds. But right now, there's not much there. I feel like the valleys. Well, you are can't polish a turd.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can paint a garbage can gold. It's still a garbage you can. You actually can. can polish a turd. They tested it on MythBusters. Nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here. You can folks. totally do it. <laughs> I can't remember. It's like it's like sort of. You have to be a little loose with what the idea of polishing is. Hmm. I forget exactly how they did it. But they did it. But fact they did it. Her. They did in fact polish turd. That's gross. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: All right. So. As long as I'm talking about new albums, because I've actually listened to some new albums cool. for the first time in a while, all by old artists. That's but okay. new albums, all the same, yeah. because I really don't keep up with music anymore. Because I've just kind of stopped caring about what's going on, which is which is unfortunate. I hope I get in the groove at some point this year. I have
0: not stopped caring, but I have I have so far like seen fewer albums this year that I care about yeah. than than last year.
1: Well, that's the thing. I, like that's when you're not keeping up, it's kind of like things that, that catch your eye are generally going to be things that you're already, predi- you know, predisposed to like.
0: Yeah, to an extent. Or to be interested in. Yeah.
1: Rather than just kind of, like, ending up listening to, you know, rather than if you just kind of listened to a lot of whatever is new and, like, found some new stuff you liked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but anyway, on that note, uh, I've been listening to St. Vitus's comeback album. They're a legendary doom metal band. They debatably kind of, you know, sort of... Uh, Kickstarted the whole modern doom metal scene. Okay. Uh, back in the eighties, and they were on SST, which is really cool. Oh, that is neat. Yeah. So know, SST, was SST was
0: a was a really huge um, hardcore label in yeah. the early eighties, like so one of the were, big ones.
1: They were sort of like this, you know, doom metal band who were hanging out with all the hardcore punks, and and like I guess that's sort of like the beginning of the two camps finally being proud to come together and not being at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. So, St. Vitus—they've had a lot of lineup changes throughout their time, but this is minus their original drummer, who unfortunately had passed away uh, after getting to do a few shows with them, I think, on their comeback tour. Um, This is a reunion of the album of the lineup that recorded their classic album *Born Too Late*, and it's really cool because it really sounds kind of like not much has changed since they released that album back in 1985. Mm. Do you have like a problem with that or is that are you No, okay it's with awesome. That? It's like it's great because it's it's all they should do as a band who, you know, we're always kind of like all about that simple, slothful, Black Sabbath inspired kind of music
0: do you feel that it's like redundant though to like to release an album that sounds like your old album like why can't you? it just would be have if it didn't album? sound
1: so damn good that's what's great about it it's like a lot of bands will release albums that are you know trying or whatever to be in the spirit of their classic work but often they don't really hit the mark as i you know as i discussed with judas priest angel of retribution last week but what's great about this album is they actually works like it's it sounds like it may as well be the sequel to that album in a really good way mm-hmm. like it doesn't they sound they don't sound uninspired they sound like they still care about what they're playing but that there's just no reason to
0: mess with their formula
1: you right. it, it's also really good that it's only a half hour long mm-hmm. because it's like nice and concise because of that
0: that's actually good that's a good segue to an album i want if you're done talking about uh,
1: that I may or may not be, but go on to this, okay. and I'll go um,
0: Because I listened... So, Japan Droid's newest album is uh, not out yet, but it was streaming on NPR this week. Hmm. So, I take a, took a listen to that. And, like, talking about, you know, bands kind of doing the same thing, but it's really good. Uh, th- their newest album, Celebration Rock, sounds, like, exactly like Post Nothing, their first album. And it's been three years since that album, right? Yeah. Um, like, it sounds, like, totally... Like, the production's a little better, but other than that, it's, like same exact same thing. Like same And the songs are good. Yeah, but the songs works. are all like amazing. So it's still really good. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's exactly like their old material, but I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe when they come out with another album you might want to change up a little bit mm-hmm. but for that now to get yeah but for now like you know two albums of real, and, uh, you know also both of their albums are pretty short like this one's 35 and i think their last was also just over half an hour or 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 45 minutes or something so it's kind of like you can put them together and just have like one big long hey. album and yeah so just yeah right yeah it's it's a really good album i, I would recommend it uh, i think it might still be streaming if you want to check it out on NPR
1: Cool. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, you should. Did you do you like Post Nothing? No, I never got it?
1: super into it, but it, like it has a really cool sound. For yeah,
0: sure. uh, you'll probably feel the same way about Celebration Rock. Like yeah, probably. You know, I, I can't imagine you liking it or disliking it anymore. Mm-hmm. You you'll probably feel exactly the same way about it.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. See, that's a band who like a lot of bands and like you know Death from
1: Above have a sound that appeals to me but, like, just don't have songs that have gotten to me yet. And that actually brings me to a point I wanted to make. We're segging fucking amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't even something I was necessarily going to bring up here, but since I got that seg, uh, we were talking, like, a few days ago, uh, not on this podcast, uh, b- about Venom, yep. and how, like, how I've grown to really like their sound... I mean, I always liked their sound, but I've kind of gotten a bit more into actually sitting and listening to them. But I still think their songs are crappy. And you said that, like, how can that be possible if you like their sound, you like their songs? Uh, and I, well, and I didn't I, really say that. It's like you if didn't if say you, that. I don't if remember If you can exactly say that.
0: that you like their sound, then like you like that. It, it, right. It, it was specifically because you said that you like their songs, but they're a shitty band. That was what I. No, took no. Umbridge I said that with. I like their sound, but they have uh, shitty uh, sorry. songs. No, 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 but your original statement was that you like their sound, but they're a shitty band. No, I don't think that was my Or favorite. like, they're cool, but they're a shitty band.
1: No, I know what I said. I said they have crappy songs. That's always my criticism against Venom. I would never take anything else away from them except their songcraft. But that's what I mean.
0: There's a difference between, like, they have shitty songs and I don't like their songs. You're right. There is a difference. Yeah. And that, uh... And the point
1: that I, like, I, I put it in some terms that weren't really all that good at the time, but I, like, I was thinking about it after and put it into much better terms, which is that there's a difference between style and songcraft. Right. And in terms of their song craft, their songs just don't really hold up and they're just kind of boring and crappy. But I guess I enjoy listening to them because they have the style that makes it awesome. Mm. But that doesn't change the fact that the songs aren't really all that good. See, a lot of times... Because there's, like, nothing going on, really. There's just the same riff over and over again and no hooks.
0: Yeah. When I'm faced with a band like that, I tend to just listen to the bands that were influenced by that band instead that I like Right,
1: and of. with Venom, those bands come in spades. Yeah. But the fact that they did it first still makes it... There's something really cool about it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, that brings me back nicely into St. Vitus. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it, it, it works so well because Doom Metal is... A genre that is not about progression <laughs> and so there should be no reason to expect progression from them the fact that they can make something as strong as the kind of albums they made in their heyday and probably stronger than anything they made like in the 90s when they changed singers and stuff is is just really impressive and so it makes me want to go see them they seem like sweet dudes too i watched an interview with their guitarist and he's just like this like hippie looking dude with like a huge beard and he's just like and, like, he looks like a tough leather guy, but, like, he speaks in, like, a really friendly are tone. They, are, are they coming at any time? I, I don't know, but I imagine they'll be kind of touring, because they just released this album. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and the album is called Lily F65, which is named after one of the guitarist's favorite downers from back in the day. Downers?
0: Yeah, like, like uh... Drugs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Which is neat. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, yeah,
1: that's, that's what it... That's... Alright. I'm good with saying by to <laughs>
0: Okay. So, uh, an album that I got really heavily into this week, as I've talked to you about before, is, uh, I started really giving, uh, A Grand outcome Come For Free by right. the Streets a listen, and that album was just fucking mind-blowing, man. Yeah, it's so you know,
1: good. back in the day, I think I had all the Streets albums on my iPod, yeah. and uh, and I used to listen to a Grand Don't Come For Free and thought it was a really cool, interesting album. But for some reason, I just ended up keeping only Original Pirate Material. I mean, that album's you. amazing too. That's like, a really good album. That's yeah. great, but I, I don't know why I decided to keep that over the rest of their catalog. Yeah, I regret it. I, I think Grand Don't Come For Free is
0: better than Original Pirate Material. Yeah, probably. And it I is. will tell you why. Um, so what's okay? So the first thing that's really awesome about Grand Don't no Come For Free is that it's a concept album. And it's, like, probably, in terms of following the plot, the best concert album I've ever listened to. To the point where it's, like, I don't even want to talk about the plot because there are, like, twists that you will understand and that are, like, important to the album. It's, like... Uh, a, a reviewer a reviewer that I read, or, or a review of the album that I read, basically said that the music almost comes off more like a film score than it does, like, hmm. you know, hip-hop beats. Yeah, I can and see And I think that. that was really apt, because a lot of the time, the way the music and the lyrics interact is, like, incredible, a lot of the time. Even uh, on
1: Original Power of Material, yeah. he's very cinematic. Yeah, it's, it's very cinematic.
0: Yeah, and he's got... I love his beats. I think his beats are, like, pretty yeah. cool, because they're this... UK garage, which is a, a t- style of music that I've kind of been peripherally interested but never actually gotten into. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes a lot of that stuff and sort yeah. of mixes it with other electronic. Yeah, but he things hates to... being lumped in with those. Uh, ideas, yeah. which is even well because cooler. it's because he... his music is way more unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah than a because lot of that he stuff. mixes sort of all these things together to create these like really unique beats. Yeah. Um, but like the the beats on the album are incredible. The way they interact with his lyrics. Um, you know, there's one song where he's at a club, so the beats are, like, these sort of, like, pulsing club beats. It's kind of like this dark thing. Um... And then he's taking drugs, and then... So the whole a lot of the song is him talking about, like, not coming up on drugs and trying to, like, connect with his friends at the club. And then he finally starts to, like, come up later on in the song. And when he does that, the sort of main melody of the song starts to get, like, blurred out. Um... And then when he actually hits his high, it comes back and it's like bigger. Yeah. It's like just like really cool shit like that.
1: We listened to that song a few nights ago. Yeah. And I, I, I was just thinking like, like I was kind of stoned, so it sounded a little intense to me already, or yeah. felt a little intense to me. And I was thinking like, if I want a drug, this song would be like really intense. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's pretty intense. That album in general is pretty intense, mm-hmm. but it also it's like it's funny. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of, and I think some of that just comes down to the fact that, like, you know, Mike Skinner has a super British voice and uses all this terminology that, like, as North Americans are kind of funny to us. Right. But, like, beyond that, it's, like, it's legitimately entertaining. Like, the first song where he's, um, he's got, like, these four things to do that he has to do on that day, and then each verse is him fucking up one of those things. Like, that stuff is really funny. Mm -hmm. And, um... Another thing that I find really interesting about it is that he actually changes his language a lot from, like, the first album. Original pirate material is very poetic in its language. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of, like, mouthfuls. A lot of it comes off more like poetry than raps. For sure. A lot of the time. Um, but what he... But in, in, uh, in A Grand Up Come For Free, he really, like, his language is a lot more simple and a lot more conversational. It makes it a lot easier to follow the plot and also to identify him as like a person, and as that's like a regular person. It, right? Yeah, it's totally intentional. To make
1: it more kind of like street level. Yeah, like, the and way they, people talk. And there was
0: yeah, and it, it sounds like that. Like it, it sounds. Th- there was a really interesting interview I read with him where he was talking about um you know his particular flow you know as a rapper Mike Skinner is not the greatest rapper of all time and his right. flow is really like choppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about how that's actually on purpose because you know he's really into hip hop obviously mm-hmm. and all the guys that he knew you know would practice and practice and practice until their flow got like super good but what would what he described happening is that you listen to this hip hop album and their flow is so good that like you lose the meaning of their words it sort of like mixes in with mm. the music and it's like it's like too smooth so his choppiness is on purpose so that, so it, that like you focus on yeah, the words yeah so that it forces you to to go on mm. the words because you're like this is like so in Disagreement with the music that it's like I gotta keep focusing on this, and that's an album that really like demands your attention. Like I find like from the beginning it just like immediately grabbed me, and Mm -hmm. I had podcasts to listen to, but I was like, yeah, this is just as good. It's like listening to like a radio show or something. Yeah. Uh, I I just I, I really adore that album, and I've kind of it's it's the only album like I have other albums that I've listened to, but it's the only album that I've like been really into in a week, and it's probably the most I've been into an album. In, like, a year or something, probably. That's pretty cool. I'm just, cool. like, kind of compulsively listening to it. Hmm. Yeah, there's lots of, like, really good emotion in it, too. And, like, the plot is not particularly interesting or unique, but, like, it's so identifiable. And it's, like, it's one of those things uh, this is from another review where they were saying, the, the, the reviewer was talking about, like, the, the plot itself is not particularly great. But he peppers in all of, like, these little moments that make you identify with him and sort of add to this, like, feeling of, like, thickness and of depth that really works. Like, there's one, you know, like, one of the verses in the first song is, like, oh, man, I gotta call my mom. Oh, shit, did I leave my phone at home? Oh, no, it's in my pocket. It's okay. Oh, shit, my battery's out. I better call her fast. Oh, shit, there goes my battery. And it's, like, it's really funny and just, it's really identifiable, just the way he goes, like... There there's such these little um quotidian things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just like it's it's amazing. I, I really do think that album is, is quite an accomplishment. And like I really I, I feel like I hear that his material after a granite to come for free is not particularly great. Yeah, it gets pretty panned. Yeah, but I'm gonna check it out anyways because I, I feel like I, I need to. Mm-hmm. I, I feel I, I need more. I need more. Ah. <laughs> Alright, I think that's all I have to say about a granite to come for free. Cool. Yeah.
1: All right, well, speaking of... You should listen to Compulsively Oh, I will. Yeah. I intend to. Yeah. Uh, speaking of compulsively listening, there's been one album that has gotten a little bit into my... Or at least for <laughs> like a bit, I was compulsively listening. Like I just kind of like would listen to it once, and then I just wouldn't know what else to listen to, so i just listen to it again. Yeah. And that album is Iggy Pop's debut, The Idiot, mm. from 77, uh, probably, or 76 or so, and... Uh, it was produced by David Bowie, and it's, uh, and you know, because David Bowie like kind of resurrected Iggy Pop from his kind of post Stooges exile and really took him in an interesting direction. And at the same time, what I never knew about this album, like, I'd listened to the album before, but it sort of, like, came back into my life now, I guess, because we were talking about Iggy Pop last week and about mm-hmm. his baritone, and uh, and you were kind of saying how he didn't really, like, sound like that back in the day. But I was thinking, like, I'm pretty sure on this album, he u- on his debut album, he used the baritone, like, throughout the whole thing, mm. and he totally does. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and, like, the album's kind of also a bit of a precursor to, like, David Bowie's collaborations with Brian Eno where it's this really weird kind of craft work, funk kind of sound. And that, you know, I didn't realize that he sort of like began exploring that sound with Iggy Pop on this album. Iggy Pop himself described the album as craft work meets James Brown, which is a really cool concept and it's kind of what it sounds like. uh, Except like in a really weird, dingy nightclub. Um, And... It's it's a really uh, just kind of like interesting album. Like You listen to his second album, Lust for Life. Right? I listened to Lust
0: for Life, mm-hmm. and I think Lust for Life is a cool album. Like Iggy Pop is one of those guys where I'm not really into any of his material, mm-hmm. but I think he is a cool person. Yeah, and like Usually a lot of the, the stuff I've heard by him has been great.
1: The idiot's a lot more interesting because like Lust for Life is sort of where he began to pursue his more commercial rock-oriented direction. Yeah, like
0: I remember the song Lust for Life. I know because it was in a car commercial. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like um, a huge hit. Yeah, but also like that sounds funny though. Like it's really oh, yeah. sardonic. I'm and, not saying that it's not you know, still smart. It's yeah. just
1: commercial rock music. Sure. Whereas the idiot had a very kind of different, unique sound that really isn't like doesn't have any elements, you know, of kind of what you expect from a rock album. It's just like, yeah, it's hard to describe. I guess you sort of just have to listen to it. I guess it like it's a little less funny in some ways, but his sense of humor is still very much there. Mm. And he just like there's a lot of weird, dark themes that are kind of like that go throughout the lyrics. It's also just really like has a very you know it's one of those albums with a very specific kind of style and sound that and it's just kind of like there the whole time and it's a very mellow kind of feeling. So it's just kind of like like it's like late night driving kind of music yeah. almost.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's a sweet album. If only you knew what late night driving was like. It's true.
1: <laughs> but I understand the sensation. Yeah, yeah sure.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, I don't know. Should I get more? I have more stuff. Cool. Um, so I had to review this album called by a band called Hey Ocean. They're from Vancouver. And the the album's called Is. And the reason why I want to bring it up is that the album is like pretty good. It's just like an indie pop album. The album right? is pretty good. Nah, uh, uh, now every time I say the use the, the word is, it's a pun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the reason why I wanted to bring it up is that I'm starting to grow out of favor with indie pop as a genre, I think. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I don't think it's stupid at all. But It's, it's shitty just like... and not metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I got into indie pop. I've been into the the genre for a while. I, I I think a lot of my releases, the releases that I tend to get into, tend to be kind of in that sound. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, I think I'm just getting bored of it at this point. And like Hey Ocean, for example, are a good band. They're a good band, and they write pretty good songs. But at the end of the day, they ha- sort of have that same sound that a lot of other indie pop. That's bands how I've have. always felt
1: about it, though. And I feel at first it was almost an implicit kind of like. Like, oh, this is hipster crap. It's all dull and shitty. And then obviously, like, when I actually open my mind, I realize that there's plenty of great stuff within that paradigm. Yeah. But it's still kind of this feeling when I listen to a lot of it, which is even how I feel about a band like Group Love, where it's kind of like I'm hearing the same style that, like, all the other bands are doing, and it, like, that's what makes me wonder, like, why am I listening to it at all? That's
0: understandable. I find Group Love are sort of, like, closer almost to, like, mainstream pop. Hmm. than they are indie I pop, guess in moments, I that yeah. one song
1: I didn't like, for sure, with a girl singing. Oh, yeah, that song's not good. Yeah, that song sounds
0: straight off yeah. the radio. Every other song is good, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that, that band's pretty big now. Like, you know, I hear their mm. shit in Old Navy. Huh. Yeah. Go figure. Um, I guess I'm not really surprised. Yeah. But it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing that I've come back to, which is that I don't really get into genres as an idea, it, it seems. Like, I sort of... I get into bands from genres, then once I sort of... You know, and past the the first echelon of those bands, it sort of loses it. Like punk is like that for me, even though I love punk music. How do you mean? Well, it's like you know, a lot of punk bands, a lot of a lot of punk bands that come out now that like sort of have are, are big deals in the punk community. I don't really care for because they're not like the best. Mm-hmm. Like I like Titus Andronicus and Fucked Up and Bond the Music Industry. And then sometimes, it, like, a DIY record will come out that just kind of sounds like basic punk music, and everyone mm-hmm. will freak out about it. But to me, it's kind of like, this is kind of boring to me. Yeah. Um, and that's how I'm starting to feel about indie pop. Like, I love, you know, Vampire Weekend's first album is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, that album, I, don't know. I don't know what like- lost a lot of its mystique for me. Like,
1: now when I listen to it, I still really, like, I still really enjoy the songs, but I know them so well that, like, they just, they've somehow kind of, like grown off of me, which I don't it happens. It's yeah. I mean, that hasn't happened to me and I don't think it Except will Except Oxford comma. I love that song. Cool. I don't uh, know why that one always just holds up. Uh, catch a tune. Yeah. I was With always big on the uh
0: I forget, the, like, the, the orchestral one, the one that's, like, really orchestral. Like the first song? Yeah, M89 or whatever. Oh, M79, do-ga-doodi. Yeah. Do-ga-doodi, yeah, that's a cool track. Sure. I always really like that one. Do-do-do-do. But uh, I, I love that whole album, <laughs> but, you know, it's like there's a couple bands like that that I can get super into, but then past the, that sort of first wave, the, the sort of, like, top of the top, it's like, ah, I really care. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Like, I, I, I have to write this. I'm actually going to be writing this review tonight um, after you leave. And it's, like, I have to pretty much say that, like, I'm not too, like, I feel bad for giving them kind of a negative review, but it's kind of mostly based on how I feel at, in right now yeah, about exactly. the genre as a whole and less sort of their fault. Because for their part, they're pretty good. So you, so they're
1: effective at making the kind of music they're yeah, making. Yeah, but you just can't listen to that. You just can't stomach that kind of yeah, music. Yeah, I can't stomach unless
0: unless it's like totally excellent and mind yeah. blowing. Yeah, at yeah. At this point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel about like math rock also, mm-hmm. <laughs> and post rock. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, any style is
1: going yeah. to end up feeling that way. Yeah, basically. because like when a whole bunch of bands are you know kind of trying to emulate other bands who are influential within that style of music, it starts to become derivative.
0: Yeah. I think it's also that, you know, it's one of those things where indie pop has been in the mainstream for a while at this point. Yeah, it's been watered so down it, a lot. It, it, I don't think it's even been watered down, but I think it's like, it's sort of at the point where it's like, maybe something new can new can come up and sort of take over the guitar music Mm-hmm. Mainstream kind of thing, but it's also a constant development. It's yep, not like yep. something. No, of do. course, of course, of course. But you know, indie like pop, these bands come, indie come pop, out of the Smiths, indie as they pop, do and out of... indie music in general, sort of like erased, uh, like post grunge, and you know that shitty new metal kind of stuff. But I don't think it is that way. I think, like in a sense, yes, because
1: they have come up and sort of taken over the mainstream. So I guess in some way they've sort of taken back what was theirs. But it's not like. You know, because it, was ne- it wasn't anything new, really.
0: No, I guess not. And but it was constantly right. developing
1: and, you know, sure. I guess arising more and more out, out right. of the underground.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I guess it's a longer burn than I give it credit for. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I was listening to Hey Ocean and they have, like, this kind of, like, you know, cute-sounding girl singer. And it oh. was like, this is, like, really earnest. And I'm just sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of the, the preciousness and the earnest. I usually don't like, like things that are too earnest in the first
1: place. Yeah, usually they just annoy me, and I am convinced that they're dumb, which is a terrible <laughs> opinion. <laughs> but it's just oh like God. when people are too earnest, when artists are too earnest, unless they're unless they're clearly just really intellectual. And even then they're just obnoxious. There's a specific
0: specific type that I can get into, but it's like... it was Obviously, it's just me like, too. I like plenty of serious, serious things. Like, it's too but... cute. It's too cutesy. Yeah. Like, that album is yeah, a very... Yeah, when you're like, earnest about your cuteness,
1: yeah. that's a problem. Like, Hey Ocean are then very...
0: Like, like, that band is very cute. They are a cute band. But I'm like, I'm sick of cute bands. I'm fucking done with them. Yeah. I don't want I, it. I
1: think that's the thing. More than just sort of like indie pop-y yeah. thing, it's like that cute twee indie pop band. Yeah, it's like, thing. I don't
0: want any more of it. I think I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. Uh, Yeah. That
1: should be a line in your review.
0: I'm out. I'm gone.
1: Yeah. It might be.
0: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) That'd be good. Yeah. What else you got? I got some crazy shit. How crazy? Super crazy. Okay. Uh, It is
1: my third and last new release I'm going to talk about. Well, other than one, actually. That is something I've already mentioned before. But uh, this is something that... It came out a month ago and somehow went over my radar, <laughs> okay. and and I don't know how because it's it's incredible. It is, uh, it's the new album by Twisted Sister frontman, D. Snyder, Okay. And it's called D. Does Broadway.
0: Oh, my and God. that's
1: what it is, dude. It's D. doing Broadway. <laughs> and it's
0: awesome. Yeah. It's you know crazy know what? and I incredible. You know, I've always thought, like, I've always liked D. Snyder. Yeah, he's great. Like, as a person. As, yeah. Like, ever since I saw, I guess it was Metal A Headbanger's Journey. Right. Where they talk about, like, the, uh, the, the, the hearings from, like, the 80s about, you know, metal and the parental advisory sticker. Mm-hmm. Um... And him, you know, coming in and being dressed in all of his, like, hair metal gear. Like a, yeah. And then, like, totally kicking their asses intellectually. Yeah, those videos are so classic. Yeah, they're so amazing. Frank Zappa also, like, yeah. d- d- is amazing uh, on those hearings. Um, and, yeah, since then I've had a lot of respect for Dee Snider. And he's always seemed like a, like a pretty smart dude. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, he's a great he's a great guy, I
0: yeah. think. And, uh, and this album is just so
1: over the top and silly and great and has ridiculous guests like he does uh, he does a cover of Luck Be A Lady with Clay Aiken <laughs> and like and he does uh, another song with uh, Cindy Lauper and it's just like wow is it, is, it, like is, it a, is it a
0: guest star on every song? no okay. uh, but on a bunch of them what does he do New York, New York?
1: no he does I don't is that a song from a uh, musical? Maybe. I think that was just like a song that was written for Frank Sinatra maybe but uh Anyways. But yeah, yeah, he what, does Cabaret, like, he does, Cabaret, he do he does uh, like, the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really neat, <laughs> and, like, it's what's cool about the way it's arranged is that it, you know, it has, it's based in hard rock and heavy metal, but there's also, like, huge orchestrations, so that it still kind of feels like Broadway music, while at the same time totally feeling like hard rock music, and... It's jarring and weird, but it's like it's exciting. It's actually like fun, like it because it could have obviously gone in a really bad direction and just all sounded really like yucky and splashy and and bland and awful. But somehow, like when I was listening to it, like it actually like kept my interest and sounded like cool and like
0: it's and also, you fresh. Know, it's one of those moves like where it's like okay, you're a washed up rock star at this point. Sure, you know I Which don't is think fine, that he would, you know. Necessarily yeah, of course they the never animal. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, go do something crazy. You're yeah. you're not gonna make good rock music anymore, so fucking just yeah. Go I, you do know, something and I'm different. pretty
1: sure that like the last album he released was a Twisted Christmas with Twisted Sister. So yeah. this is kind of like the second in a line of. But this is an even more left field
0: idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was how I felt about like the Iggy Pop album too, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you're pretty old. Go do some weird shit. Yeah, go ahead. He's he's always been doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, so. but it's like. Especially now, just like being like, you know what? I don't feel like playing rock music anymore. I'm old. I'm just gonna yeah. do some jazzy stuff. It's not even the first time he's done that, though. Yeah, in, like the late '90s to release like a jazz album. Mm. All right. Well, either way, yeah. Like, spoken seems, word. Like, this jazz is album. this is that kind of kind of thing where yeah. it's like, well, I don't really have much more interesting to say on the genre that I sort of like started yeah. or that I started it in. So I'm just gonna go do something completely different. And why one
1: not? thing that actually makes it a little less. Seem a little less kind of bizarre of a transition is that apparently, and I don't, I didn't know this, and I don't know who he played or anything about the show for that matter, other than like the basic of what it is. But apparently, he was on, he was in Rock of Ages on Broadway. Oh really? Yeah. All right. And I want, maybe even sang like Twisted Sister song in that show. That's kind of cheesy, but okay. Although I hope he didn't. Yeah, I
0: hope he. Yeah. Did Rock that of Ages seems like a pretty bad musical.
1: I mean, it seems like another jukebox musical. Yeah. It seems like something that'd be fun to go see on Broadway.
0: I'm not really interested in Lionizing like eighties mainstream rock that I don't I think that's the best thing you could lionize. I'm not really into it. I already think our culture is too dominated by the eighties generally. Yeah, it is. So I'm just like, fuck nah, I don't really care. I don't wanna see it. I agree. I obviously don't
1: care either. I don't give a fuck about any mainstream musical, let alone a jukebox one, but
0: but, I don't know. They're, like... Like, I guess, like, I would go if it was free, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: If someone was like, hey, uh, I have these two tickets to The movie for it, it was the looks really awful. Yeah. But
1: when I first heard about the musical, I thought it was pretty cool. I never <laughs> I was like, was a musical with songs by Twisted Sister and Poison and Journey? And that's
0: <laughs> <I'm laughs> your bag, I guess. I guess if someone made, like, a prog rock musical, I'd be down.
1: Exactly.
0: But that's because prog rock is theatrical in the first place.
1: Beyond... So, it, so is 80s rock. But in a,
0: in a different way. It's like... That shit is cheesy and crazy in a way that I think would lend itself to a really insane mm-hmm. musical. Yeah. At <laughs> Though different. at the same time, I wouldn't think, considering that most of prog rock is based on instrumental prowess, it's yeah, like, exactly. it doesn't yeah. make sense at all, and I don't it think... it have to be an opera. I don't think they should, yeah, you're right. I don't think they should actually make a prog rock musical.
1: Man, speaking of opera, have you ever listened to Wagner's Ring Cycle?
0: Uh, I was exposed to it briefly in high school. Yeah. It's horrible. Why is it horrible? I hate Wagner. Why? I find him overwrought and terrible. But he was so good. No, he's not. Like, Sure, right yeah, like, Ride right of the Valkyries, great. You're not telling me you've listened to The Ring Cycle.
1: I started, like, I tried to dip my toes into it, and when there aren't people singing, it's really cool and, like, sounds really good. And, like, I really love his epic... I guess often. Like, I I'm just so influential. I don't really like obviously. opera, and I have, you know, this no, is coming... No, I really, like, unfortunately, like, I wanted to kind of, like keep my open mind
0: and, like, yeah. enjoy
1: the opera singers, but, like, whenever they sang, I was just, like, I just kind of Yeah, cringe.
0: yeah, it's, it's just it's such a different style, and I just tend yeah. to not like it. The only opera is, like, and, you know, I took a music history course, obviously, in in, uh, in second year, mm-hmm. so I, I have been exposed to my fair share of opera, and I've decided that generally I do not like it. Yeah. Stuff that I do like tends to be sort of, like, the, the, the lighter fare, the, like, the, like the, the comedy operas mm-hmm. of, like, the Renaissance era, of, like, you know, the... See, I'd like to understand the lyrics. I feel stuff. like if I understood what you're singing, be, a, like it would make the it... The problem with the lyrics is that they're really awkward to read because, like, yeah, you, you, you it's know... it's translated. Well, yeah, because it's translated and, it, you know, it's made for opera. So it's like, it's translated and a lot of the time doesn't really make a lot of sense and it's just, like, kind of sounds broken and it's kind of unavoidable, too. But the Ring Cycle has such a deep plot. Yeah, it's a fucking 12-hour long thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do not like Wagner. Like, I like, i have learned a fair amount, and I, I don't like him. First off, I think he's an asshole. And secondly... He was a Nazi. Yeah. But,
1: like, <laughs> I don't care about that. that I'm no, it's about true. No, 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 of
0: course. But secondly, it's like, I, I do not like his music. I find mm-hmm. it very self, self-serious and, and kind of, like, a thing that I can't get into. I, I don't like it at all.
1: But, I mean, like, even if it was self-serious, I feel like looking back on it, that kind of isn't really the point. Like, it's not like a pretentious rock artist who tries to release something that sounds like Actually, Wagner. Actually,
0: it's very similar to a pretentious rock art... Rock. It's very similar to a pretentious rock musician but trying I think, to release a high-concept album. Because that's what Wagner was all about. He was but, all about pretentious high-concept shit.
1: Sure, but when a rock artist does that, it's because they're trying to... To be seen as if they were like a classical artist, as if they were oh, I don't mean Wagner I, I don't mean the classical Wagner part. Wagner was doing it in that time. I don't mean like the
0: classical part. I mean the just like any any like think of any musician who does sort of a pretentious project, and that's sort of what all of Wagner's career is like. It's just
1: hard for me to see it that way because like it was just a very different era. I feel like a lot of the classical composers probably you know were pretty serious minded.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of them are, but albeit, Wagner, like, Wagner was was especially, humor. like, Wagner was, like, known to be, like, a man with no sense of humor. I believe he was, like, a horrible person to work with. But I
1: think in terms of, like, being a classical composer, that's okay. Like, I'm not listening to classical music to hear, you know, a sense of humor in an artist. You're right. Well, you're Again, sort of like, right, I would, but there's, would rock like, music.
0: there's a lot of playfulness in, in classical music. Sure. But I don't, like, I am not
1: concerned with not hearing playfulness in the classical I listen to because it is a serious kind of music to Yeah,
0: me. but it's like the way Wagner does it specifically, I do not like. Mm-hmm. I do not like Wagner's music. I think it. I love is the epicness. Bad. I love the high conceptness. I hate it. It's great. I hate it.
1: Because again, I think every time a rock artist tries to do some bloated, high concept thing, it's because they want to be Wagner.
0: I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's because they want to do high concept, bloated things. And that concept does not... Only go back to Wagner. No, I'm sure it doesn't, but, like, I think it's pretty clear that he is the person people remember who did that. Maybe. Maybe you're being presumptuous on the behalf ha- of rock musicians, though. You don't know that a rock musician specifically is being like, I want to be like Wagner. Maybe not
1: consciously, but I think that Wagner put those kind of high concepts into, you know, into our conscious understanding of music.
0: He was not the first. Maybe he wasn't the
1: first, but he's the one who everybody references. Whenever people write about, like, epic or, you know, like, bloated rock music, Wagner is always the point of reference. You never hear people talking about anybody else. It's always Wagner.
0: I guess so, because it's bloated and shitty. It's maybe bloated, but it's not shitty. Don't like it. (laughs) That's all. Don't like Wagner. I've I've taken the stance, and I'm sticking to it. I'm going to listen to all of the Ring Cycle and talk about how awesome it is. <laughs> Go trap yourself in a room and just, like, do a fucking marathon. And tell listen, me, like, and I then tell to... me how much you like the fucking Ring Cycle. Again,
1: dude, like, I listened to, like, the first half hour so far or something. And I think that whenever there aren't people singing, it's really cool to listen to. Like, I enjoy it more than any classical I've ever listened to. Like, the instrumental sections are really, like, interesting. And, you know, they do a really good job of uh, of of expressing the kind of epic themes he was going for. But it all just starts to become kind of cheesy sounding when yeah. people are singing.
0: It's mostly singing, because it's an opera.
1: Sure. But, I mean, there you know, in the... Better, I agree. I think there's, there's merit ones. to
0: it. I, you know, Kill the Wabbit, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, that, all that stuff, but... Now you just sound like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> generally, I just don't like his music. That's... Just, that's so it. D does Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have nothing else to say about that album. Great. All right. Do you have anything else? Yeah, yeah. I guess I have more things too. Um, So I finally listened to that Muppets record that I got. Nice. It's the best. It just makes me so happy. So I got this. It's it's songs from songs from Jim Henson's The Muppets and it's probably covers Wagner. (laughs) Better than Wagner. (laughs) Man, I'm just gonna become like a Wagner enthusiast just so that I
1: can argue with you about him all the time. But you
0: won't because you can't. Not listen to any symphonic music and then only like Wagner. That would be preposterous. That would be a preposterous thing to do. Why preposterous? Because. That's, that just seems very phony to me of being like... Why? Because it, it rings of like that, that person who's like, I'm not really into classical music. Except for this one guy... It's like... But it isn't like no, that. No, but it's like a statement to If say, anything, it would
1: hopefully be something that would open the door for me to get into more of that. Yeah, thing.
0: sure. But Wagner's always just
1: interested in me a lot more than any other classical composer because he was interested in those epic themes and I always yeah. thought that was really cool and again it's like you know reading rock criticism growing up and stuff Wagner was a name that tends to get tossed around a lot you're right there, there is a
0: lot of opera like you have to realize that there have been before Wagner because Wagner was in like the 18th century or sorry 19th century so like before Wagner there were at least 500 years of operas and half of those were also based on epic themes
1: sure but Wagner also kind of like you know from what I've read about him it seemed like he was really kind of trying to move away from a lot of more traditional opera style and like you know kind of was adapting his own thing yeah. plus like I've read things about you know as far as just like musically he had like bigger orchestras than anybody else and he added like yeah, he huge did. bases in there that nobody ever did before and like really did kind of, like, make music heavier than it had ever yeah, been. Yeah, he did all of those things. And that's pretty fucking cool,
0: too. I guess that's cool. Still don't like him. Anyways, the Muppets. <laughs> Beethoven was a pretty cool guy. Uh, but also, I hate Beethoven Ullman. was a fucking asshole Yeah, when he made some
1: great music. He was the original tortured rock star.
0: <laughs> that's very true. He
1: is, and therefore, he's the other classical composer who interests
0: me. <laughs> yeah, man, I guess. Uh, anyways, yeah, so... Fucking maybe lose everything. I'm sorry. So yeah, The Muppets. The Muppets <laughs> makes me happy. Is what I was gonna say. So it, it it's a double vinyl. It has like songs from The Muppet Show and Sesame Street and uh, Fraggle Rock, and it's all pretty great. There's man. A Fraggle seconds. Rock
1: has some really cool music. Out. Yeah,
0: I was the theme of Fraggle Rock is fucking is uh, is fucking badass. Like before they get into the singing part, which is just like the dancer cares away part. Mm. It's like really it's fucking metal. It's like. It's really cool. Well, that's a really dark show. It's pretty... It's not that dark. I wouldn't call Frego Rock dark. Like, th- one of the few numbers
1: I've seen from it was one where they were doing a funeral dirge. And, like, really? you know, it was kind of, like, upbeat, but they were still very blatantly singing and talking about this funeral dirge.
0: Hmm.
1: And I, th- I thought that was a really interesting thing for a kid's show. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was never, as a kid, like, Frego Rock wasn't really a show that I watched. That me was or more, something that was It was more of my sister's, recently, like, yeah. my sister's used to, like my sisters, mm. have connections to Fraggle Rock that I don't really have. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a great collection. I actually ordered the piano book from it now, so I'm going to start learning some stuff. That's awesome. I'm trying to learn Moving Right Along, which is from the Muppet movie, the first one.
1: I want to see that movie.
0: Me too. It's, on, it's all on YouTube. The whole Gee. movie. Uh,
1: that's an interesting point you bring up, because a lot of things are on YouTube now, and a lot of things are on Groove Shark again. Somehow after all of that stuff kind of like... Happen. it seems like you know they took away all of our download links that were on all the file sharing things online but like but we have taken back a lot by putting a lot of like a lot of full albums and movies on youtube and like and on groove Al-
0: well albums i never found were taken off of off of youtube
1: i like i remember a time where youtube just you know for a while after all the kind of heat of all the you know, firstly there was the Viacom thing, but then there was all the whatever had happened recently, I don't remember what it was called anymore. You know, when there was like the Media big... fire, Right, but when like when Mega Upload was taken down. Like what was Th- that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was that called? what do you mean what was it called?
1: Like there was like what were the organizations who were the fucking CIA? No, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The FBI. <laughs> uh but um like, I just remember a lot there being, like, it being kind of hard to find a lot of licensed stuff on YouTube, yeah. and now it's just, like, if you can think of an album to listen to, you will not only be able to listen to the whole thing, like, track by track, but, like, it'll be in one YouTube video, where it'll just be, like, the whole album. I have been seeing a, a few of those. Yeah. yeah it's, right. like, because when you listen to one, like, on the side list, just a ton more will be there. I've
0: and, also seen, like, ones where I've, where I've seen just, like, yeah, as you said, like, 40-minute long videos. Yeah, exactly. just the album. And yeah, again, I know. like
1: full movies being up there, not even in parts anymore, but as a full. Oh, piece. I've I've only
0: seen them in parts. But I've mm-hmm. seen like a couple like a couple things legally out there. Like things that are, you know, documentaries that people are releasing mm-hmm. that are like hour long and, you know, they haven't don't have a distribution or whatever. Like that stuff sometimes goes on to YouTube. Yeah. But generally that stuff also goes on to like Vimeo is really mm-hmm. more of that bag.
1: But I don't know, it's interesting because it seems like did sort of like obviously with the advertisers and stuff the people who wanted to get all their license stuff off of being able to be viewed for free kind of had to strike a deal because they have to figure out how to adapt and Yeah, I mean it's one we're of those things they keep trying where, to steal their shit whether, whether yeah, or not they
0: want to. We're like, you know, in terms of what the new climate is, is it great? I don't know. Like, you know, the the downloading argument is is a is a large and multifaceted argument, definitely. Um that I'm not going to get into, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, you can either choose to lose a bunch of money fighting it, or try to find a way to monetize it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I guess
0: we're at the point now where finally, you know, a decade later or whatever, companies are finally trying to work with it and yeah. not resisting it.
1: Yeah. resisting it was clearly not doing any good. Nope. Um, so speaking of tortured rock stars... <laughs> Because that was a good seg, even though it's already, even like, though a few that minutes in the past. Ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, I listened, because I've been reading Chuck Klosterman's Eating the Dinosaur, and, like, the first or second essay in that book is a really great essay about the Davidian uh, cult and and Nirvanas in utero. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so the next morning on my way to work, I listened to In Utero, and... Uh, and I, and I never really, like, I always, I always knew it was kind of a really noisy, abrasive album, but thinking about it in the context of the way they intended it, which was, like, that they wanted to make something that people who like Nevermind would be yeah. repulsed by, kind of makes me realize that it actually is a pretty inaccessible album that kind of sounds as crappy as they intended it Oh, too. see, I
0: disagree entirely.
1: I think it's, like, I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's great. I mean, no, I know, I, know, I know, I'm not
0: in. saying, you're not saying that, but I think in terms of, like, Like, there is no, like, people who liked Nevermind will like In Utero. It's just, at the end of the day, Kurt Cobain could never get away from the fact that he was just really great at writing catchy hooks. Yeah, And, like, no amount of noise and distortion that you pile on top of that can change that. And at the end of the day, In Utero is, like, yeah, it's noisy and crazy, but it's not... That, it's not ch- particularly challenging. Uh, today, I think it isn't. But I like I
1: listened to it that morning, kind of like thinking about it more in context. And I feel like people would have thought of it differently at the time. And clearly, he couldn't escape that. And clearly, people did go and eat up in utero. Because like Chuck Klosterman said, you know, no matter how hard he tried to make something bad, like... Nevermind spoke for itself. People were going to go out and buy yeah. whatever he put out. It's
0: also like that album still had big singles, like Heartache yeah, Box, yeah. it had Rape Me, and like... But that, like those singles are still
1: a lot kind of...
0: You it's know, the, like, yeah, it's not the hit machine that Nevermind was, yeah, definitely. it doesn't... But...
1: It, you know, like, Kirk Cobain hilariously said that his biggest qualm mode, Nevermind, is that it sounds like a Motley Crue album. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that's kind of the thing is that at the time, like, people who could identify with an album like you know, Dr. Feelgood or Appetite for Destruction could also listen to Nevermind whereas In Utero was so intentionally more kind of like noisy and punky that those people might actually have been kind of weirded out by it and been mm. like, this isn't, this like this, you know, Nevermind but as dark as it was, is very poppy,
0: obviously. It's also like, Nevermind is poppy but it's selling you, you know, what it's <clears throat> giving you is like aggression and angst and all those things. Yeah. And in that way, you know, of in Utero is almost better in that way. So, like, sure. it's almost like the people who like Nevermind will like In Utero even more because it's, it's like, musically, it almost matches that idea even better. But I think that that's, that's
1: kind of...
0: You ignoring
1: know, the surface and that the surface is very important. You're right. Yes, and Nevermind is an outlet for people's aggression, but in a very polished way. Yeah, but
0: that's that doesn't really matter though, because like I smells, think it totally matters. I don't think it does. So it matters the, the way people I, hear the things. The reason why Smells Like Teen Spirit was such a big single was that it was like a blast of aggression and that it had an accompanying music video that was dirty and like, you know, had these people in a sweaty ass school gym.
1: And it was all an illusion because it was
0: all very polished. It was, but that's what people wanted, and in that respect... in People want the illusion, not the real thing. But I I would argue that in utero is not the real thing at all, because, again, the songs are too damn catchy.
1: Like, it has some really catchy moments, it has some of the most beautiful songs, but there is a lot more dissonance on that album than there is on Nevermind. There is,
0: but a lot of it is... You're talking about surface level, and a lot of that is merely surface level. That's true, too, yeah. At the end of the day, it's the same great pop songwriting that, that Nevermind was. And I like wrote more, and I... As guess, do I. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I really don't see it as that inaccessible, and I think few people would. But I think at the time, they did. I don't think so. I think at that time, Grunge's card was just starting to come up. That's true. That's what was happening, was that Grunge was starting to be less of a dominant mainstream force at that time. You know, a couple years after Nevermind. And so, you know, probably didn't sell as well. But that album still sold fucking gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. Based on Nevermind.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to, like, find out what the listeners actually thought of at the time. Because I really do feel like that album would have been kind of difficult for a lot of people who were fans of Nevermind. Mm -hmm. And not for people who already listened to, you know, alternative rock music, but for people to whom Nevermind was their first exposure to alternative rock music. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, fucking... That's a there's so much feedback and shit it's there's crazy.
0: i mean you know the way that album opens opens with like this crazy yeah, dissonant chord exactly. but then it goes right into serve the servants which yeah. is like the fucking catchy ass riff yeah totally you know sounds like surf rock yeah oh man that um man that album <laughs> okay um
1: this oh, conversation did, isn't over is it not oh it's over for now for now okay <laughs> yeah you can but keep well giving returned. me a, yeah
0: sure um did you hear the new gambino track the one with Beck on it, he does a he does a track with Beck. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. It Just came out. I
1: have not heard it. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: pretty good. Like Beck, you know, Beck spits fairly well. It sounds like Beck. It's, it's it Beck's rapping on it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. sort of like Beck sounds like Beck, and Gambino sounds like Gambino, and Sweet. that's kind of it. But like, yeah, that's it's a really a good, good track. collaboration. It's a good track. I'm down with that. Beck also just released his his uh, his single, like his new single that he's putting out on um, Jack White's label. Oh yeah, how was that? But I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. Mm, I just okay. saw it before on the way
1: over out. here. Loser came up on shuffle. And I was just thinking about what an awesome song that is. That is an awesome song. I don't really like, like. I don't really
0: like Mellow Gold. True. But I like is, that album. That is really. an awesome song, though.
1: Yeah, like I think, yes. like it's funny that I just listened to that song and they are talking about him being on a childish Gambino track because Beck obviously isn't a rapper. Yeah. He is not, you know, <laughs> known for his rapping. No. He made loser to spotlight what a bad rapper he was, <laughs> but like the fact that you know. But I, but at this that yeah. said, I've always found his raps really it's cool. Also, yeah, yeah it's all, it. I mean,
0: it's one of those interesting things where it's like Beck is not a rapper, and you can't really call his music rap music. Mm-hmm. But it has like there's a lot of rapping on it. Yeah, like, just like on way, his, on Odele especially. Yeah, like the way Beck, uh, I guess, sings or the way he vocalizes is a lot like rap music yeah, exactly. which is hilarious and because
1: it was produced by the Dust Brothers it had a lot of those flourishes yeah
0: I feel like in his later stuff he really kind of abandoned doing things that sounded like a little like bit hip-hop. like something like Guero is definitely a yeah. lot more uh... but even that has some you know that has some stuff on it hmm. like Epro. Epro's verses are kind of like rapping I haven't heard that track in a yeah, long yes, time uh, no, oh I've heard uh, it oh, okay. but not in a long time Yeah, cool uh, I just wanted to mention that back. that's sweet out.
1: though that's a that's a collaboration that makes me happy and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right on.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I could talk about more albums, but I don't really have to. I've said all the things I really wanted to talk about.
0: All right, let's move on to some news. I'd like to yeah. get to. I'd like to get some emails. Okay. We, yeah. We got yeah. a Couple. So maybe. So um,
1: I'll I'll save whatever other albums I want to talk to. Maybe talk about it some other day. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, let's get to news. So, first, the news that excites me most, and I, you know, we already spoke about this, and you said that this has already been announced for a while. Yeah. But for me, this was
0: news, which is that the new XX album is going to be coming out real yeah. soon. Well, it's been announced for a while. It didn't have a date and it didn't have a name, mm-hmm. but now it does. Yeah. I don't, I don't, what, do you know what the date is on it? I don't know what the date or the name is. All right. But I just saw New XX, and I was like, yes, Yeah, cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Because
1: I, like, listened to that album so much. Great and then program. associated bad memories with it and now it's just kind of like it's just like off of my that's heavy rotation bad. concert repetition that it was that's too bad so I, so I need to hear some new music that's what happened, that's
0: what happened with me and uh, and the suburbs hmm. for a little while yeah. and then it was and then you know I, one time i listened to the suburbs and i was like all right this is still making me feel pretty good, so I guess that's a good thing. Yes. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah right, one day is, one yeah. day, I'll go back and look at the you and
1: feel that way. Yeah. But right now, it's just one of those things where it doesn't belong to me anymore. Too raw. It belongs to an X.
0: Yeah. XX. XX. <laughs> uh, yeah, new XX. Exciting. Agreed. <laughs> yep. So, some more uh, release news.
1: Apparently, in the next year, Surge Tankian from System of Down is going to be releasing. Four, count him know, four albums. Why? I don't like his solo career, no. but it's an Please, interesting yeah, you know. idea. The fact that one of them is going to be a jazz album is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess. Like, it
1: definitely doesn't, you know, he hasn't inspired much, you know, he hasn't uh, inspired much, much trust, I guess, with his solo albums yeah. to be doing something... Like this, but maybe it'll turn out good.
0: I'll have an open mind about it, but I feel about this pretty much the same way I feel about Green Day's three-album thing. Yeah. Which is that, you know what? I feel better about this. Yeah, a little bit. Because Surge, to me, is just an inherently more creative artist. Yeah, and and that is definitely true. But it's like, at the end of the day, you know what? If you are releasing that many albums at one time, you're... Maybe you need better quality yeah, control because okay, spreading yourself. Thin. I, I don't really know anyone who can write more than fourteen good songs in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just how I feel about it generally. Um, I don't know. I'll probably listen to at least one or two of them. Yeah. But I did listen to Serge Tankian's first solo record and was underwhelmed, uh, yeah. to say the least.
1: I haven't heard a second one, but I remember his first. Does he have one, a second knew- one? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he released one this past year. I would maybe
1: listen to that. Maybe I should listen to that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he released a second album. All right. Well,
0: I, I, I will research. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty fucked up. And
1: though. on more new upcoming stuff news, the Jizza, the genius from the Wu-Tang Clan, is working on his new album. It's called Dark Matter, and yeah. it's going to focus on lyrical themes that are about astrophysics. Yeah. Which is awesome. Because I, mean, I remember... Excited. When, yeah, like, I remember a while ago reading an article about how the Jiza was doing, like, lectures and stuff, and I think we talked yeah. about that, yeah. and, like, how he was he was going to kind of, like, professors and stuff and wanted to talk to them and sort of, like, you know, get new ideas, and apparently he really took that and ran with it, <laughs> which Dude, is just, just like, great. Shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that guy is called the genius for a reason. Yeah. He is easily the smartest member of the Wu-Tang Clan, other than, you know, maybe RZA. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's that that's cool, man. I I, I trust in Jiza. Yeah. I do. Yeah, he's all like he He's really good.
1: You know, other than Ghostface Killa, he easily has the highest kind of consistently consistency quote, quotient in the Wu Tang clan. Mm-hmm. Because even his bad albums are bad. Because they suffer from weak beats, right? But he, as a, as a rapper, as a, and a rapper lyricist, and I a guess as lyricist,
0: because yeah. that, that's really what you're there for, like yeah. Just as, well, his flow, his too. flow is good. His but, flow is excellent. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's, it's not like sharp. Yeah, it's not. It's not technical. It's not impressive. It's just. Good. I think it is. It isn't like it isn't quick necessarily. Yeah.
1: But it's it's a technical flow. Eh, it's it's kind of like. It's a, It's good. This becomes he a very... Is not, because like, Flo, GZA, yeah, as I we know, talked I know. about before... It's plus, very abstract. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I I. I certainly think Jizza is perfect for what he does. But, you know, he's not the best rapper in the Wu-Tang Clan. I think a big
1: part of flow though, is, like, breath control. And as far as breath control goes, Jizza is the best. Yeah. Uh, they're all
0: good. At they're all good, it's... but,
1: I don't know, Jizza like... I may, you know, I think because the way he thinks allows him to kind of have that... Yeah. That... That superior breath control. Maybe.
0: The Inspector Deck was here like last week. Did you know that? Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I did know that. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, what's too... Well, what, you that I didn't you know see about? him. Well... I, I was actually gonna ask. I was gonna tell you about it, but it was like the night of, and it was a weekday. Mm, yeah. I went to and the night I day. I had only heard about it that day, and I was like, "Hey, Inspector Deck is here. Would you want to go see Inspector?" I'm Deck? surprised I didn't hear about that but, though, like uh, on the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I would really care to
1: see him, anyways. I would care enough to spend like twenty dollars. Yeah, that's about how much. And it that's was. probably how much an Inspector Deck show would cost. It might have been like twenty five. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't remember, but but I mean, will we see an array and Ghostface kill? Fuck, out, which is super yes, exciting! Yes, we will. Do you know what day that is? Nope. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm not missing that day, Sweet. which is good, because I'm missing Flaming Lips to see Radiohead, right. and I might be missing Bad Religion Why? to go to this barbecue with this record label,
1: because uh...
0: they're doing it from seven to ten, and I forget if headliners go on at ten or have to be done by ten. Mm. I forget which one, but all right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the deal. So <laughs> I have to cover North by Northeast, but I'm only covering two of the four days. that I'm actually going to write about the other two days? I'm are probably going
1: to catch a lot of acts outside of the headliner. Hopefully.
0: I'm hoping to. I'm hoping this year. This year I really, really want to. Yeah. Um, I need to find someone that I can stay with downtown. Maybe I can go to like Emily's place or something. That way, I can like stay up. Downtown. Emily, like our old friend Emily. Yeah. Not yeah. your girlfriend. No, no, not my girlfriend. She, she lives, she lives in town. Markham. Yeah, <laughs> it's confusing because you're always talking about Emily on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you said that as if yeah, it was the same Emily. Different Emily. Different <laughs> Emily. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got, I got, I got to figure that out because I, I really do want to go see bands that are not just the headliners. Yeah. Which I think is totally possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that you guys will also do that with me. Yeah. Because seeing that alone is kind of.
1: Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Maybe so yeah, I'll come. I don't know. I'm just. I just don't know if I want to spend like seventy dollars to see a bunch of bands who I uh, haven't heard of. Oh,
0: it's so sick though. <laughs> no, there's anything wrong. The pass like, is I'd love the best. To see bands thing. I haven't heard. The pass is so but... good. I'll guide I mean, you. I'll guide I, you well. I didn't well. mean it
1: like that. I didn't mean in that elitist way. No, band, but like, like only pa- things no, no, I know. No, 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 are no of course. See it. No,
0: no. I, I understand what you're saying though. Um yeah. Where it's like, and that's always been the thing with North by Northeast is that the bands I always want to see the most are like the headliners who are playing for free. Yeah. But good. also like seventy dollars to s- get into like all these shows is an amazing deal. Sure. And you have a job. You should, you should do it. Yeah, but I have a job so I can save some money, and I have, to, I have so
1: many other financial obligations. That's true. It's true. But yeah, Anyways. time will tell on that one. Yeah. One final uh, upcoming release news piece is that uh, Ozzy Osbourne was talking about the fact that Black Sabbath have 15 new songs hmm. in the back burner already. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully, there's something good going on. The title isn't encouraging. Apparently, he made a hint in his interview that the album title is probably going to be 2013. And I heard that. I was like, oh, that's I, these songs can't what be What does that very mean, good. though, a hint
0: in the interview? Like, what, what does that mean? The,
1: the, the way he worded it was really weird. It was like, uh, the year the album is going to be released, 2013. 2013. It's probably also going to be its title. Like, that was basically how he said it, but in a more cryptic, less obvious way.
0: So is that, so is Bill Ward in there? The drummer? Yeah. Nope. Well, he, then I was not officially not a part of it. I know, it's a real shame that he's not there. Yeah, I have no, in- if it's not real Black Sabbath, I have no interest. Yeah, in. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. What's this, what's this Lauryn Hill news you have here?
1: Uh, Lauryn Hill has triumphantly returned to New York for a, a one-night-only kind of uh, set. Man. Yeah, and, like, I read the Rolling Stone review of it, and it just sounded like a really cool night. You know, she, her and her band have always kind of, like, really switched things up live. Since? Uh, probably just trying to live her personal life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, her and her band have a, have a tendency of kind of, like, making their songs very different live mm. and apparently uh, true to form that is what they did this night and it sounded like a really exciting show where she just seemed really kind of like grateful to to be performing and stuff
0: way cool yeah love lauren hill yeah me too just great yeah do you have any news no, I don't have any news. Oh, okay. All the news that you're talking about here is like the only stuff I would I would right. possibly write down right. anyways.
1: Alright, Lynn Biscuit have officially fired DJ Lethal after Stupid Move after months of this party. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah, like if there was one member of their sound who was integral to it being kinda of cool, other than I guess West Borderland, it was it was DJ Lethal. DJ Lethal Brick It Off Whoop 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 so sick. See what they should have done. Is all banded together and fired Limp Biscuit or uh, fired Fred Durst,
0: <laughs> and, and had an awesome band without Fred no, Durst. No, but you can't, because if you take out, it's like, it's like a bad movie. It's like, if you make that bad movie good, it wouldn't be a good movie.
1: Right, it would just,
0: it would, it would just, just be, just be like, yeah, it would just be kind of boring. It's the same way. If you don't have the train wreck of Fred Durst, then what is Limp Biscuit? They're nothing. They're oh, nothing. No. They're a tight band with a DJ. Yeah. But that's not enough. Add a better rapper, and you might have some No, because if you add a better rapper, you lose the charm of what Limp Biscuit is all about. <laughs>
1: I guess so. I mean, uh, you wouldn't call the band Limp no, Biscuit. No, but the fact... You would
0: call the band something better than
1: Limp Biscuit. The fact
0: that Limp Biscuit are kind of terrible is what makes them entertaining. Sure. But it's also what makes them unlistenable. They're not unlistable. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're totally not. Uh, I wish that were true. I uh, really they're, do. They're I so really listenable. love their cover face. There are no better things to listen to when you're just around a bunch of friends and you just want to have a good laugh. There's nothing better. Oh, Tenacious D's first album. But uh, other than that, there's nothing better than putting on some fucking River My Fish. Generation. No, that's not having a laugh, though. That's just having. A, that's having a good time. I really, really, made me laugh plenty. I mean, they do. They're a funny band. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, so when God closes one door, He opens another <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Trash Talk have been signed to Odd Future. Who Records. are Trash Talk? They're kind of a hardcore band. And, uh, I, like, I remember, I guess, how the creator talking about them or them doing some shows together or something, like, a few months ago, so I listened to their album and I didn't like them. Okay. And now they're signed to Odd Future Records. But cool. it's still cool because yeah, it's, like, it's cool that they're because it's sort of, like, the first non-hip-hop act to be a part of the record label, yeah. other than the internet, I guess, if they're on that label, which yeah, must they must be. be. Yeah, they must be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead, really, like, a what's cool is
0: that they're the first act that are not affiliated with Odd Future. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. So that's neat. All right, we'll see what happens with that um, new Beach Boys track. Did you listen to it? From there to back again.
0: Did you listen to it? Yeah. Was
1: it good? It was better than the, that's why God made the radio. All right, like it, it's a ballad, okay. and it kind of you know as much as it still feels a little too glossy like that other track did. It still really has the feel of a classic Beach Boys ballad, so it was kind of nice in that sense. I guess, but it, it made it it's, much more it's, enjoyable. It's one of
0: those things that I'm always gonna say, which is like at the end of the day, you're not gonna listen to the new Beach Boys record over one of their classics. No,
1: definitely not. But it's
0: redundant. But, you know, still,
1: it was a surprisingly effective kind of, you
0: know, like, Beach Boys ballad. Piece of nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, is that it for news? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm really, I'm really closing on an anticlimactic note, <laughs> but I do still want to talk about it because it's kind of cool. There's uh, a new book coming out, which is uh, an oral history of the meat puppets called Too High to Die. That's cool. Yeah, because the Meat Puppets are always a band who I kind of like, you know, have always really dug, but don't really think about that much, and so I never have been all that interested in kind of like, you know, learning more about their history and stuff, but this book, you know, the fact this book is going to exist makes me realize that I am interested in learning about the Meat Puppets. That's cool.
0: I, I, I'm not. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I can say that. Yeah. Despite the fact that I love at least one of their albums, and possibly two of them, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even three of them. I haven't listened to all of them, but... <laughs> Um, I don't think I care enough about them as a band. I would imagine they have a fairly interesting history, though. Exactly.
1: And you would probably also get a lot of interesting stories, you know, from uh, whatever label they were on. Was it SST that they were on? I don't think so. It was like, no, it was like one of the early kind of... I think it was SST. Look it up. Because they were on, like, one of the kind of, like, big alternative labels. So you probably get a lot of interesting stories from, like, all, all the kind of bands they hung out with on that label, too
0: guess so uh Uh, yeah they were on sst right yeah there you go that's cool yeah rock and roll (laughs) rock and roll okay uh so i guess that's it for news yep okay um let's get to our emails we have two emails from the same person can you guess who it is? <laughs> One of our many faithful listeners. Yeah. So, okay, so this is Sammy. Um, as per usual. And uh, he has gotten into the habit of putting all of his emails in, in, in caps lock for some reason. So we have to read it that way. Okay. Hey, Loud, it.
1: guys! Two questions. One, what are your general thoughts on video game soundtracks and how effective they can be in a game? Two, many critics have claimed that the soundtracks in the old Tony Hawk games are fantastic. The soundtrack for the Tony Hawk CD collection was just announced. So tell me, is this list any good? (laughs) Wait, wait, and then there's a list? And then then there's a list of the songs that are going to be the new Tony Hawk soundtrack? Cool! Thanks, Loud Guys! Sam, memorycomic.tumblr.com.
0: Shameless plugging of his awesome comic. Yes. All right, so number one, general thoughts on video game soundtrack. how effective they can be in a game. I mean, that's like... First, I mean, there's no point in talking about video game soundtracks. really soundtracks as a whole. Yeah. Because it's the The same purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is like, of course it's effective. Yeah. They're extremely effective. That's why music is there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's kind of all I have to say. I agree. It's like, that's kind of, you know...
1: That's, that's all. Right, that's why it's there. And, and like, it's, you know, if it's not effective, then maybe you have a weak product altogether. Yeah, and there are,
0: there are definitely times where something can be better because it has a great soundtrack, or, or worse or be, because yeah. it has a shit soundtrack.
1: Like like that scene in The Watchmen where it's a sex scene with Leonard Cohen. Yeah, horrible.
0: And that scene was already cheesy. Yeah, and then like with that track, it just get becomes really bad. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess because he wants it specifically to video games, and I'll say that, you know, like in terms of video game soundtracks, actually, Tony Hawk ties in really nicely to this because the Tony Hawk games, at least the first three or four, are all really good games, but part of that is just because of how excellent their soundtracks are. Yeah. Um, Tony Hawk soundtracks always introduced me to a lot of great music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? I are mean, I... The Tony Hawk Underground's a reason I'm a Kiss fan. That's funny. Yeah, that that's was funny, especially because I think kiss. by the time it hits the Underground series, their soundtracks become—they're still good, but they're less like they're less identifiable and they're less thematic. But Underground had three Kiss <laughs> songs. That's f- ridiculous. Well, you know is that why? Also, you know, is that also when you can play as Gene Simmons in it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And at the end of the game, and then, you had a circus, right? Like you are like a, a kiss circus. Concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. And so,
1: like that, like I only realized recently, like, I only went back and kind of thought about that and thought like, wow, like when I was playing that game as a kid it burned the uh, the likeness and music of KISS into my brain, yeah. and that is why, you know,
0: like, they stuck for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I can probably attribute Tony Hawk Games maybe to getting me into punk music. Yeah,
1: me too, for sure.
0: Like, like, you like know, that and the Digimon movie were, like, my first exposure <laughs> to punk rock. Yeah, like, you know, that first album was, like, had a lot of great punk on it. Yeah. Um, and also had, also introduced me to Primus, because it had Jerry was a race car driver on it, hmm. and, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably my first experience. I'm just going to say, looking at this list right
1: now... Disappointing. A disappointing yeah. list. Like, there's a
0: few of the kind of obvious... Yeah. Well, the problem is defenders. that only, only half of it... So they're releasing this Tony Hawk HD collection, which is Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, or levels from Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, and they're re-releasing it into, like, this package. But I guess they couldn't get the licensing to all the songs, so only about half the songs are actually from those two games, and the other half really? are, like, newer tracks that they uh, had. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't know yeah. any of these it's songs. So I, I think it's a totally shitty soundtrack. It's disappointing.
1: Yeah. Half of them are okay. Like all the songs I know on here are great songs and
0: like typical kind of like yeah. video game from the era. Songs. But all of them are from like those games. Like probably the first half of them, like the Power Man Five Thousand song. Like World's glad World is not a great song, but that was at least in Tony. Like it it was song. in Tony Hawk Two. It's okay. It's fine. Um, Bring the Noise was in Tony Hawk Two. That's a great Superman song. Superman was Tony Hawk One. Uh, Did you that know that, that the singer of was Power Man Five Thousand is Rob Zombie's brother? No, that yeah. makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So it yeah, Rob um, better. is this list any good? No. <laughs> it's half good because half of them are from the tra- are from the actual games but
1: yep disappointing it's pretty cool if there's a track that is listed as LP featuring Trent Reznor that, that makes me that's want that's probably to a newer one yeah I mean you know it's also is- cool there's a Pegasus
0: XL track that oh sh- I, I did not notice that until yeah. right now yeah. that is totally cool that's interesting Pegasus XL are a hilarious band you know, and then there's, like, Bad Religion and Lagwagon. But that stuff's from the earlier, the, from the, the earlier games, like yeah. the Goldfinger ones. But I think it's cool because there are all the kind of, like, punk songs that you'd expect. Yeah, like, you know, it'll probably fit the game just fine, but I think it's a bummer that they couldn't just get the soundtracks from those two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks, Sam. Yeah, okay, second question. Hey, Loud Guys! Whoa, wait, this is really long. I don't think we have to <laughs> Yeah, you're right. let's not read shout the this whole thing. I, okay. I'm going to get a headache. I don't even want to read the whole thing because it's really redundant for the first little while. Basically, come on, man! Okay. Be
1: concise, like us. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so basically, let's from the. Okay, do you what do you think of the idea that some bands might have an aged cutoff point from which listener can load no longer get into the band? That's something that I guess
1: we were talking. Yeah, we've talked about, about, about that you, before. Because clearly, you have not been paying attention. Attention. to Motley Crue I don't know when you're out of high
0: school. Yeah, I think there's definitely there's definitely a cutoff point. I think to some things, to some. I'm things.
1: saying come see, come saw. Except that's wrong. I'm saying <laughs> oh. kinda sometimes. Maybe, yeah, sort of. But you know, it's all about your mind state. At yeah, the yeah. end of the day, like, I could get into anything at any age just because yeah. it's what strikes me. But that I do time. think
0: I do think there is uh the
1: way it hits you maybe is different. You think about it differently.
0: Yeah. But I think there is like a certain thing, like I think it's, it's a fair thing to say that because I am in my twenties and into a lot of other music, it's really hard for me to get into like eighties metal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, basic, like, pop metal, I guess, or, 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 or and, and whatever guess, you want to call it. And I guess it's fair enough, because, Korean like, stuff. even for
1: me, like, when I, like, I, you know, because since I read Fargo Rock City, I've kind of really been, like, yeah. zoning in that kind of vibe, and, like, when I try to listen to albums that I haven't heard from that era that I was really interested in in high school, but never got into or anything like that, yeah. like, it's kind of a lot harder for me to get into it, and I just kind of don't really like it, as opposed to the stuff I already, was already familiar with in that era,
0: so it's already kind of a part of me. Yeah. Um... It's, uh... Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like... It's, like... Because I think there are certain bands that, like, specifically appeal to people that are younger than the age of those bands. Um... And, I mean, a lot of music falls under that category. But, I mean, more specifically, like, you know, there are, um... A band like Motley Crue, for example, are appealing to a younger crowd because they sort of see those guys and they see them as like these gods. Right. You know, because they're, like, they're offering that yeah, that particular escape. Yeah. Exactly. They're offering that escapism and they're also giving you this idea of like they don't give a fuck, they're rock stars, they can do whatever right. the hell they want. They you know, this absolute freedom that as a young person you crave. Yeah. And then when you're older
1: Klosterman voices so perfectly yeah, and, and And when
0: you're older you can sort of see through that mask and so it's maybe less appealing to you. Mhm.
1: Yeah, that makes a, that makes a good deal of sense.
0: Yeah, like that's how I feel about Motley Crue. Is that yeah. like I don't I I can't just look at the illusion. Right. So it's sort of like I can't connect with it. Yeah,
1: it's true. And the illusion is something that I connected with when you, I was young exactly. enough that it hooked me. Yeah, uh,
0: he brings the the guy. Someone was talking about the reason why Sammy brought up his question was that he was listening to a podcast and someone brought up um, that uh, he was talking about getting into Rush before he turned sixteen, and I I'm a person who got into Rush. About that time, like when I was 14 yeah, or 15. And, as am I. But, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's true for Rush necessarily, but it's it's also a thing where, you know, Rush was sort of the first intelligent band that I listened to, you know, their lyrics were talking about, like, philosophy. Right. And, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, maybe if I had heard other music in the same vein before Rush, and we've talked about, we talk about this a lot, is, you know, maybe I wouldn't find Rush as great as I find them now, yeah. or as I found them back then. Um, so Sammy's opinion is that, um, to offer my own opinion, and not just to throw, you can, you know, read it in caps. I don't, uh, don't want to. Okay. And not <laughs> just throw the question out there, I would also bring up the idea of the aging bands themselves. A 14-year-old might have a different time trying to get into Green Day today, versus a 14-year-old a few years ago hearing Dookie Super Hits and American Idiot for the first time. I'm not really sure what he means by that point. I think what he
1: <laughs> means is, uh, is that like... You know, for me, for instance, I think that, like, I, and it's something I kind of make conscious efforts not to do, which is why I do kind of try to listen to stuff like this new St. Vice album or new Juice mm-hmm. album or whatever, is that, like, in my mind, like, I'm always more inclined to relate to people who are closer to my age right, sure. and, rather than kind of listening to older guys. And I think the point Sammy is making is kind of like... That you know now that Green Day are kind of these older guys. Yeah. When you're a
0: young teenager, there's less there for you to relate to. Right. I would also. I'm not sure though because I. I, I think that it's either that he's saying that or he's saying, or <laughs> interpreting an email. Um. Or he's saying that like Green Day today is different than what Green Day used to be back in their youth. Maybe that they're just kind of no longer in their in their prime. Yeah. Which I guess is. Which is also kind true. of the same thing. Similar. Different roads. You're talking about it, yeah, you're talking about it thematically, and and I'm sort of interpreting it more as, like, sound-wise and quality-wise. Yeah, Yeah, and I think
1: that probably makes more sense here.
0: Yeah, I mean, when he says a 14-year-old a few years ago hearing Dookie and whatever, like... Dookie is still out there, and, you know, I got into Green Day ten years after Duke- Dookie yeah. came out. So it's like, that's not really the problem.
1: Well, let's just stick with American Idiot, right. though, because he also mentions American Idiot. Yeah, which is and interesting. that album came out, that's what got all of us into Green Day, you know, our kind of generation. I was
0: into Green Day... Was I into Green Day before? I was... I had... I was sort of getting... I, mm, I guess I had... I had already heard Green Day and liked Green Day, and I guess the American Idiot single sort of cemented it and made me go mm. into them a little deeper. See, for me, I was still a classic
1: rock purist, okay. And so, like, you know, everyone was talking about this new thing, American Idiot, and I just thought they were some crappy new band. Mm.
0: <laughs> so, like, by then, I had known, you know, like I knew like Basket Case and Hitchin' a Ride, okay. and like I, you know, I knew Green Day's songs. Yeah, I did. not For me, it before American, with American Idiot, Idiot came out. But it's interesting because American Idiot is sort of the start of their modern of their modern phase. Yeah. Of their modern phase of sort of being this kind of band that, you know, are kind of... An main. arena rock band. Yeah, an arena rock band instead of a punk band. And I, I still like American Idiot as an album. Or instead of an
1: alternative band. Yeah. To...
0: I, I can't really listen to American Idiot. I still think it's a good album.
1: Yeah, me too. But That's I definitely awesome.
0: think Green Day past then has has definitely been uh, a different entity entirely. Uh, so what's the question? <laughs> I don't know. He's just throwing out his opinion, I think. Oh, I see, I see. But yeah, yeah, I think. I think... Some bands, there are certain types of bands that do have something of a cutoff point, and that's obviously not an absolute. Right. But I think there is there is definitely a cut. There are there is music that is harder to get into when you're older, and just the same way, there's music that's you know when you're younger you can't understand mm-hmm. a lot of types of music, and it just sounds weird to you. And then when you're older, you can totally appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, your taste is going to change with age, and that's just that's just how it is. Yeah.
1: And the things that you do happen to take in as you grow up or what's going to affect the way it changes.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the two emails. Uh, that's going to wrap it up, I think. Yep. So if you would like to email us, like our friend Sam did, um, you can email us at twoloudguys at gmail.com. That's the word, too, not the number. Um, you can also check twoloudguys.blogspot.com for, uh, links to the music that we were talking about this week, follow along with us, give us your opinions, and do that kind of thing. This has been Two Loud Guys for June 4th. I'm Daniel Korn. And I'm Corey Gardner. We will catch you next week.
1: It's a new, uh, song.
0: I didn't know, on. okay. <laughs> you got to do the the thing now. <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing. Do it. Too
1: loud guys. Do loud guys.
0: Loud guys.